Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Wasn't that good? Didn't you enjoy the choir? Boy, it's a joy to see all of you folk here today. And uh, this morning, I want to bring you a message out of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 18. And uh, I want you to turn there in your Bible. I trust you already have. And uh, of course, Isaiah uh, chapter number 1 uh, talks about uh, Israel and uh, talks about the pitiful condition that they were in and how far they had gotten away from God. And in verse number 18, God says to Judah, he says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, I want to read that again, and I want you to let it sink in this morning into your heart as to just what God is trying to tell you this morning. Now, don't come try to straighten me. I know this has to do with Israel. I know that. And I know the, there's only one correct interpretation of Scripture. But I believe we can make an application of this in our day. Listen, there never has been a day when I believe people had gotten... Uh, as far away from God as they have in this day. Oh, listen, sin is rampant, my friend. You read your newspaper. Just get out sometimes. Look around. Look at the way people dress, the way people talk, the way people live in this day that we're living in. And I'm not talking about people outside the church. I'm talking about people who claim to know Jesus Christ and people who know, need to uh, claim to know God in a personal way. My friend, you can't tell much difference in this day between the church and the world. That's right. Uh, the church, uh, many times they go the same places. That's right. Go to the same movie houses. They smoke the same brand of cigarette. A lot of times people in the church, uh, they drink the same kind of uh, beer that the world drinks. Uh, they talk the same way. They curse. They swear. And uh, you say, Brother Bill, they folk like that in church? Yes, sir. Yes, sirree. Bless your heart. There are. I trust there's not too many here at Emmanuel Baptist. I hope there aren't. But my friend, I'm telling you, in this day, people have gotten far, far away from serving God. And I believe we can make an application in this instance here when God is saying to the church and to the people of God, He says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And so I'm saying to you that are saved today, God wants you to come and confess your sins and walk with Him. But I want to talk this morning to those people here who may have some doubts about their own soul salvation, or there may be some who have come in this morning who do not know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. And I want you to picture in your mind this morning that God is a reasonable God. I mean, listen, God has just in this verse here, God gives you a chair right over here, 
And uh, he says, now, I want you to take this chair, and I want you to sit down in it. And God, uh, God gives us a place to sit. And then God is sitting over here. And God says, now, I want us to reason together. He said, you are an intelligent being. I made you that way. I gave you a brain that functions and you're able to think and you're able to reason things out in your mind. And he said, I want you to come and sit down and I want you and myself, you and God, to sit down and reason some things out in your mind this morning. I remember Eldon Riggins, a man in South Carolina, that I just could not seemingly talk to him about the Lord. Brother Frank, every time I talk to Eldon, why, he'd just drop his head and uh, just stare off into space. I mean, listen, he wouldn't answer you. He wouldn't say one blessed word. I mean, you could talk about uh, the weather. You could talk about hunting. You could talk about fishing. You could talk about uh, electronics, anything you wanted to talk about. And Eldon was a great conversationalist. Oh, listen, he could just talk to with you for hours and hours and hours. But you could say, Eldon, have you ever thought about trusting the Lord as your Savior? You know what he'd do? I mean, that's it, folks. That's the last word he'd speak. You could, you could talk about the Lord all you wanted to, and the only thing he'd do is just look down. Until one day, he was sick, and I took uh, a meal, got a meal at the restaurant, took it over and sat down, and he was sitting right across the page, uh, right across the table from me. And I said, Eldon, you're my friend. I said, we've been camping together. I said, I like your family. You like my family. I said, now, Eldon, you and I both know, and you, you, you know in your heart today that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And his head dropped down again. And I told him, I said, now, Eldon, you can drop your head. You can look at that table. As long as you want to. I said, but God says you have a brain in your head. And God says you're an intelligent being. And God is saying to you, come and let us reason together. And I said, you'd better sit down today and reason with Almighty God and listen to what this preacher has to say. Well, need I tell you any more? He got saved. He was forward in church. The very next service that we had I thought his little wife was going to pick me up. I mean, you, you've seen Mrs. Riggins, just a little bitty short woman. She's been here and visited. And bless your heart, when he got saved, she jumped up and run up and grabbed me around the waist. And I, I believe she lifted me off the floor, Brother Cliff. I was afraid I was going to fall on her. I got overbalanced, you know. She was trying to pick me up. And, and listen, she was excited. She had prayed for that man so many years and he got saved. Now, he got saved simply by listening to God. Now, I want you to come in your mind this morning. I want you to sit down in this chair over here. If you're lost or if you have any doubts about your salvation this morning, I want you to listen to what this preacher has to say. I believe in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 18 that God is saying here, I want to reason with you and I want you to know and understand and realize that you're a sinner. Now, my friend, I want you to know today that you are a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says there's not a just man that liveth upon the face of this earth. There's not a man anywhere that you can find that is just in himself. And the Bible says in Isaiah, as a matter of fact, uh, it says right here in this book that man is sick with sin. I mean, listen, from the, from the sole of his feet to the top of his head, he's infested with sin, and we have a malady of the blood. Our, our blood is tainted today, and we are sinners. And God is saying to you, He's saying, come on, sit down, let me talk to you. He says, you must realize that you are a sinner. Now this doesn't mean, listen to me, this doesn't mean that we have just uh, done some sinful things. This means that we have a sinful nature, my friend. How many of you like apples? Anybody like apples? Hold your hand. Boy, I like apples. I really do. Now, if you look at an apple tree, an apple tree is not an apple tree because it, uh, it bears apples. It bears apples because it is an apple tree. Amen? I mean, it's the nature of that tree to bear apples. Now, if you're going to get a peach, you wouldn't go to an apple tree because the apple tree bears apples. But I'm trying to tell you this morning that apple tree is not called an apple tree because of the apples. The apples are called apples because they come from the tree. Amen? And my friend, you... You're not a sinner because of the sins that you commit. You commit the sins because it is your nature to sin. I mean, you know, if I preached on gambling and, and drunkenness today, we might have somebody say, well, I've been drinking, Brother Bill, and I want to get that thing right. I want to confess that sin. Well, you'd still be a sinner. Listen, you don't get saved by confessing the sin of drunkenness. You say, well, Brother Bill, if I preached on uh, uh, on uh, 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 lying or cheating or stealing, and people came and said, Preacher, I want to get that thing right in my life. Listen, you don't get saved by confessing individual sins. We're not sinners because we sin. Bless your heart. We sin because it's our nature to sin. You know why people lie? Because it's the nature to lie. You know why children uh, disobey parents? Bless your heart. Where's my grandbaby today, Carol? Back in the nursery, I guess. Back in here. That sweetest little fellow you ever saw in your life. I mean, he's my heart throb. But you know that little rascal he's got nowhere now, Brother Frank? Sometimes he, he's got a temper. I don't know where he got that thing. Must come from the Wilkerson side of the family, you know. Uh, but I, I'm telling you, he's got a temper. And, uh, you can, uh, he'll get mad sometimes and he'll, he'll, uh, you want to pick him up and boy, he put his arm back. And you know what, you know why he does that? Because it's his nature. It's his nature. Carol never will have to train Andy to go and steal a cookie out of the cookie jar. I mean, that'll come natural. I know that because Tony's his daddy. And uh, 
he loves those cookies, and uh, he'll get them any way he can, you know. But I, she won't have to train him to do that. And uh, you won't have to train your children uh, to tell you a lie. They'll do that. They'll do it just naturally. And uh, you won't have to train them to, uh, to go against the, the plan of God for their lives. They'll do that naturally. They're, they're sinners they, because they have a sinful nature about them. So God is saying to you this morning, He says, you must realize that you're a sinner. And then I believe God's saying to you this morning that you've gone astray like sheep. Now, isn't it strange he didn't use cats and dogs or other animals? I mean, you can take a dog out and uh, you can take that dog. Anybody ever see Lassie come home? Don't raise your hand. I did. I, I saw that movie years ago called Lassie Come Home. Man, I cried. I cried and cried and cried in that movie. Every time somebody kicked that dog, I'd cry. And uh, they took Lassie far, far away, hundreds of miles away from her home, and uh, she came back. Now, in a sense, that's true. You can take a dog away, and my friend, he'll find his way back to your house. He'll come home because he has a sense of direction about him. But not so with sheep. I mean, listen, sheep just wander off, and they won't ever come back if you don't go out and get them. They're the dumbest animal in the world, and God says that you have gone astray just like a sheep, and you can't get home on your own. You have no sense of direction about you, and He said, I want you to know and understand that I've provided a way for you to get home. So God says, come sit down in this chair this morning, and I want to reason with you. I want you to know that you're a sinner. And I want you to know also that you've gone astray just like a sheep. And then I want you to know God also says, and I won't, won't tell you this. He said, every one of you have turned under your own way. Now, my friend, there's only two ways. That's right. Only two ways. There's God's way and there's your way. That's right. There are no other ways. It's either by grace or by work. No other way. I mean, either you're going to heaven today by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and on the merit of His death, burial, and resurrection by the grace of God, or you're trying to get there on your own merit. He said you've turned unto your own way. And God says that your way will lead you to destruction. Pleasure in sin for a season, bless your heart. But when it's all over, there's destruction and torment and misery in hell forever. God simply saying to you, my friend, come sit down in this chair today and let's talk this thing over. You're a sinner. He said you've gone out just like a sheep. You don't have any sense of direction about you. And he says also that you've turned unto your own way. That's what God is saying in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Now I want you to notice this. God says you must realize you're a sinner. Well, why did he say it? Well, when you realize you're a sinner, Brother Jimmy, people realize their need for a Savior. I never forget when it dawned upon me that I was lost. 
Now listen, I never will forget the night that it dawned upon me that I needed a Savior. You say, well, how did it happen, Brother Bill? Well, for the first time in my life, I was talking to Kenny Andrews last night with the Gethsemane Quartet. We were talking about Bill Bennett, the preacher at 16th Street Baptist Church when I got saved. Boy, he could preach. I mean, the Lord could preach up. And for the first time in my life, Brother Frank, I saw myself as God sees me. Now, that's the only time you'll ever get saved, my friend. As long as you judge yourself by the standards of other people, you will not be in too bad a shape. You look around you and you say, well, I'm as good as that old boy over there. Or I'm as good as that old sister over there. Well, bless your heart, we don't judge ourselves by the standards of other men and women. We judge ourselves by the standard of Jesus Christ. And when you look at him, you realize how sinful and how wretched and how far, far away from God you are. And when you realize you're lost, you'll realize your need for a Savior. And then secondly, God says, I love you in spite of your sin. He said, come on, let's reason together. He said, now you're a sinner and you must realize it. But God says, I love you in spite of your sin. You say, Brother Bill, how? Can God love me? How can God care about me? Because he's God. I mean, listen, when I see folk, a lot of times, I don't care about them. I really don't. I'm just being honest with you this morning. I think everybody ought to take a bath, don't you? I believe everybody ought to take a bath. And I, I've been around people before that just stink to high heaven. I mean, body odor. I mean, listen, stink, stank, stunk. I mean, you'll get, you'll get almost sick to get around. I've been around them before when they, uh, 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 a beard out like this and, and dipping snuff and that stuff running all down outside their beards, you know, and, and oh, listen, that's a terrible sight. And for the life of me, I look at some of those folks sometimes and, uh, I think, kind of name of heaven. Can God love? Somebody like that. I want you to know he does, my friend. He does. You go out and get the worst reprobate you can find in Beckley, West Virginia. I mean the sorriest bit of humanity that you can put your hand on. And I want to tell you that Jesus Christ went to Calvary and he shed his precious blood for the soul of that man, of that woman. I don't care how low down somebody gets, God still loves them, God cares about them, and God wants them to get paid. Jesus didn't die for, uh, for dogs and cats and, and fish and this sort of thing. Jesus didn't die even for angels. I mean that. Angels, angelic beings. He didn't die for them. There's not an angel that knows anything about redemption. Uh, anyone that reads their Bible knows that. But I'll tell you who he did die for. That's for humanity. It doesn't make any difference how low you get, my friend. 
You can rest assured today that God Almighty says, I love you in spite of your sin. And then I want you to know this. God says, I don't want you to perish. Look with me over in 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Boy, this is good. Amen. I enjoy this. 1 Peter chapter 1 or chapter number 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, God is not like sinful man. I mean, God doesn't delight in the suffering of people. You remember reading about Adolf Eichmann? And uh, I read about him where... Uh, they, he literally put millions of Jews to death. And I read somebody said that he used to stand and watch it. Sometimes he would smile and, and, and it would look like that he was in ecstasy just watching those Jews being put to death. There are people around like that. I don't know what they, they have terms that they call them. I, I guess, uh, uh, a sadist, a sadist, whatever you call them, inflicting pain upon other people. And then they're, uh, what do you call them, masuist or whatever. They inflict pain, I think, upon themselves. I might have those two backwards. But there are people who delight in the sufferings of other folk. But my friend, God is not like that. God never delights in the sufferings of individuals. Listen, God pleads and God warns people uh, to, to flee from the wrath that is to come. You remember the story of in the days of Noah? I mean, listen, God, God sent Noah to warn the world about sin and how God preached 120 years through this man. You remember how God cared about Nineveh? And God sent Jonah down there to preach to that wicked city. God cares about people and, and God doesn't want anybody to perish. You know, the railroad has a system of red light warnings. As the engineer uh, peers out the side of the, uh, the, the engine and looks down the track in front of him, and in the, in the fog out in front, he'll see a red light flashing on and off out there. This gives him a signal that he's to stop. And if he just goes on through that signal, my friend, then he endangers every person riding upon his train. And God, in like manner, has placed many red flashing lights out in front of us to warn us, listen, God wants you to come and reason together. God's sitting over here, and he says, now sit down. I want you to sit here, and I want you to know that you're a sinner. He said, I want you to know that you've gone astray like sheep. He said, I want you to know that uh, I'm, I'm not willing that you'll perish. I want you to be saved. I've provided the means of your salvation. He said, I've done everything that I can to warn you. He's given us the Bible. Amen. I mean, listen, you read the pages of that Holy Bible, and it cries out to you, there's a hell, there's a hell, there's a hell. God's given the Holy Spirit to live 
uh, in us and uh, to warn other people about hell and about a need to be saved. I mean, there are lights all around us, the prayers of the saints of God. He's given us a picture of heaven uh, to gain and hell to shun over and over again. God says, I don't want you to perish. I don't want you to go to hell. And then I want you to notice this. God says, I'll offer you salvation through my son. Now, folk, that's wonderful. Amen. I mean, listen, if you're... If you'll just think about it for a moment this morning, you deserve to die. I, but I want you to know this, that every person here this morning in this congregation, including the pastor, we deserve to die and go to hell. Every one of us. I mean, listen, God Almighty would be justified if the earth opened up this morning and swallowed every one of us up into the jaws of hell, God would be just. Because we're all sinners and we all deserve to go to hell when we die. You remember the story of Pilate when Jesus was brought before him? And you remember that on a certain holiday that Pilate could allow someone to go free. And there was another man there by the name of Barabbas. And he was guilty. He was guilty. I mean, he, would, he deserved to be in jail. He deserved to be put to death. And Pilate said, which one shall I deliver unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. And then Pilate said, well, what shall I do with Jesus? And they said, crucify him. Now, I want you to know that old Barabbas went free that day because Jesus took his place and died on the cross. Listen, think about it in your mind. You don't hear much said about Barabbas. But don't you imagine that was a big doings in that day? They let Jesus be put to death in your place. Now, my friend, that's just like you and me this morning. I deserve to die, but Jesus took my place. Somebody said, Brother Bill, why do you have life? You deserve death. I just simply say to them, I swap with Jesus. Amen. I swap with him. He took my penalty and I took his life. Amen. That's wonderful. He gave it to me. And God says to you this morning, I offer you salvation through my son, Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't understand this. And I don't understand that. And I've got a lot of questions about salvation. My friend, God will not answer all your questions. But I'll tell you what he'll do with them. He'll remove them. He'll take them away. I don't question anything about God. None whatsoever. All of my questions have been done away. You'll never find peace and contentment and happiness in religious ceremonies. That's right. I don't care how many candles you light. I don't care how many Hail Marys you say. I don't care how many good deeds you perform. I don't care how much you read your Bible or pray. Listen, in any good work, you'll never find peace and happiness and contentment. The only place you'll find that is in the shed blood 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Thank you.